Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. It is currently 12.33 in Edmonton. Do you want to mention Roos Chris Steakhouse? It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Uh, let me know, Brendan, when the package has arrived. Okay. I think we're still working on negotiating. Con- con- yeah, there we go. Well, now we got 30 it. seconds. Give us about 30 seconds. 30 here. seconds. All right. We will tell you coming up, Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses, Horse Racing Alberta, featuring live standard bed racing each Saturday and Sunday at Century Mile. Fan access limited, but you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Horse Racing Alberta, employing Albertans and contributing to the economy and caring for our horses. Uh, very quickly. I do want to get to um, (laughs) – let's get to this text from Fear the Fan. Bob, just before uh, the news break, you said Albertans support the horse racing industry. Uh, No, I I said that I support uh, Albertan industry. And that, uh, uh, that the horse racing industry, uh, employs Albertan Simple, uh, either or question for Mark Spector when you have him on. The Keystone Pipeline completed under President Trump, uh, who reinstated the project after Obama had vetoed it, or the cancellation of the project under Biden. Either or. What is it? Well, we'll welcome Mark Spector onto the show. Hey, Spec, how you doing? Wait a second. You're asking me questions about pipelines? Well, I, I saw your response. You know I'm a sports writer, right? Well, <laughs> now you heard that on on Saturday night on Twitter, didn't you? You got pounded pretty good, I saw. Uh, well, hey, I, the president can't even spell the word poll, right? He's a, uh, he's a politician. He can't spell the word poll, right? I no guess kidding. I guess the point that can be interpreted from Fear the Fins uh, text to the show on the Ashley Fine Floors text line is it's feasible that some Albertans who would be affected by the industry would have made their, would have rather uh, wanted to have seen the Republicans win because of support of Keystone than seeing the Democrats win. However, you can also make the assumption that some Albertans who maybe aren't affected in that industry or perhaps are making a moral judgment, and we won't, and it's not a morality play, I'm just saying some Albertans might have wanted to see Biden win instead of Trump because they think that Trump amoral and that and there lies part of the perspective is is maybe we need to understand that there's different perspectives and different ways to look at things and and i think it's realistic mark for some 
Albertans listening to this show right now to be a little nervous as to what's going to happen here in the future. Whereas others might be completely, you know, what are sitting there saying, I think it's great that Biden's the president-elect. So there, well, there's where different... are we? Where yeah. are we with oil? Like BC doesn't want our pipelines and Eastern Canada doesn't want our pipelines. And so do we think that the last chance is the States? Is that where we're at? I'm not, I'm not in the oil business, though it affects all of our economies. But uh, if we're going to, if we're going to hang around waiting for the states to allow us to have an economy in Alberta, uh, that pretty much makes us the 52nd state or whatever it is. I'm not so big on that. I think we need to figure out how to take care of our own business without having to rely on who the latest president of the United States is to decide if we can have an economy or not. Is that fair? Since when did we become uh, completely dependent on the USA, Bob? I kind of like being dependent on Alberta. Brian has texted the show to t- say, tell Spectre, depending on his answer, all sports should be canceled and he should be applying at the e-office like me. That one comes to us from Brian S. And again, hey, man, I- I'll say it once. I'll say it a hundred times. The team has called the Oilers. Full disclosure, I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group. I support oil and gas, and I can appreciate the unique challenges that are out there. And I know there's a lot of people right now that sit there and that are listening to the airwaves in this market going, you know what, I'm getting a little tired of getting kicked in the teeth day after day after day, maybe not feeling like they're getting all the federal support that they should be. Though I think it can be, you know, in some areas there has been some federal support to this province, but... Mark, the history of how equalization works would suggest that there's been a lot more taken out than's been directed back. So I guess what we can learn in all of this, Mark, is there's lots of different perspectives to have. It's not just one. Or or are we at the stage where there's only one way to look at the situation? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Like, because if, well, I mean, because I'll tell you, if there is only one way to look at situations, how far are we uh, from being? Uh, uh, how far away are we from being told exactly how to think on everything? Well, no doubt, right? Listen, that's not what. Hey, talk radio is about everybody having opinions. So you know what? We should have more opinions on hockey than politics at this point. But um, you know, makes the world go round, man. We don't all agree on stuff. There's no doubt about it. And it just seems like in today's world, there's a lot more to disagree about than there used to be. Somehow, isn't there? Absolutely. This text comes in. Oil patch dinosaurs need to disappear. If Alberta doesn't move beyond its resource-based economy, it's not going to exist in 15 years. How about we transition? How about we transition it, but still have empathy for the people that are working in it? That's that's how I would respond. Uh, say, all right, here we go. Uh, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Keep texting us at any time. We'll get to, let's get to some hockey stuff in a second. By the way, uh, we had somebody. I talked about Herschel Walker. I went and watched uh, the the Southeastern Conference did a whole series on some of their greatest players. Most people argue Herschel Walker or Bo Jackson. Um, one at Georgia, one at Auburn, were probably, you know, two of the great, greatest foot, uh, college football players of all time. Herschel made Mark uh, some noise in the States. He's known Donald Trump for a long time. He signed the richest, at, at the time that Herschel Walker got his three-year deal with the New Jersey Generals, that exceeded any player's uh, salary in the NFL. Okay, so just like the WHA helped the NHL, the USFL helped the NFL. That said, he went out and endorsed Trump. Bobby Orr endorse Trump. And there is a lot of criticism for that. Is that fair? What well, do you think? It's fair to be criticized. People are allowed to criticize. It doesn't mean that 
you know, I get, Bobby, the goal of a sports columnist is to have people agree with you roughly 50% of the time. Yeah. So, so you're, you're, you're a little good, under that rate right now. <laughs> so if I do a good job, I'm getting criticized by half my readers, right? So yeah. sure, it's fair to criticize. You know what? You put your neck in the line and you, you go out and you support a very controversial figure in Trump. You better get ready for some backlash. That's just how it works. It's... it's you know, it's where we draw the line in society, right? Should you should people be intimidating Bobby Orr? Should they be standing around polling stations with AK-15s or AR-15s? I think there's a line to be drawn here. But if it's verbal criticism, Bob, uh, you're in the radio business, man. You know, you get criticized every day. I get so, critis- I get criticized more when the orders play bad. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, that's one thing that I've noticed hosting this show over the years. As a as a broadcaster of the team, there's greater criticism when the team isn't going well. Uh, and, it, it, you know, it's interesting because we talk a bit about Howie Meeker, okay, who passed away a couple days ago. You and me grew up watching Howie Meeker. He was a pundit, and it's not that he played the role of the contrarian spec, but at a time in which things were... Uh, maybe politically different than today. I, I think it's fair. To, you know what I'm saying? Like for Howie Meeker to have been aw- as awestruck as he was with the with the Soviets in the '72 Summit Series, that that didn't necessarily resonate well with everybody out there that was watching at that time. Some people would not have wanted to hear that during the uh, the time of uh, the Cold War. So, right, you, you got to give him some credit. In, in some respects, for highlighting the positive aspects of the Russian team play and some of the individual skill sets that the respective players had at that time. Do you not? Well, let's judge him, you know, through the 2020 lens of hindsight, right? Did the Russians do play a, a far more skilled and skillful and creative game than Canadians at that time? I think we look back, Bob, and it's impossible to say they did not, right? They were a puck possession team. They didn't dump it in. You know, they didn't rely on, on, you know, over, on, on physical intimidation, which, you know, I'm like a scrap as good as the next guy. But um, I think the game's gone to a place where we most appreciate the skilled hockey player, and that's what Russia gave us back in 1972. So if Howie Meeker was, was quickly appreciative of the level of play that the Russians brought, and by, by comparison to what he was watching in the NHL at that time, uh, I think history shows him to be uh, a bit of a, not a necessarily a savant, but certainly a guy that recognized something good when he saw it right away. And he was had- not altered or affected by some North American bias. He looked at the ice and he loved the hockey being played and he didn't care what the uniforms the guys were wearing. You know, when you watch when you watch some of it back now, Mark, the thing one of the things that crosses my mind, I mean, obviously we know Team Canada, were they were not in shape the way the Russian players were in shape. The Russians had superior team play because they played as a team. But the the, the Soviets were also way more disciplined. Like, Canada had guys that melted down out on the ice. And uh, there were, I mean... You know, J.P. Parise. Like, yeah, there was some ugly... Yeah. And, there, and, and, and and look, make no mistake, there was some stuff that was unscrupulous going on the other way. Like, some of the Eastern Bloc officials, 
it was pretty sketchy. Yeah, what stuff. was the name of that Russian referee? Jo- was it Joseph Kampala? Is that who Joseph it was? Joseph Kampala, like that right. guy was. You know. I mean. It was literally officiated. He was like a wrestling referee. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. So, so a, a little bit of it's somewhat understandable, um, but it, it's funny. I think by 2010, I remember when Canada. Do you remember when Canada played at that point Russia in 2010 and just boot stomped them in the first? What was the line from Ilya Brzgalov? They came out like gorillas let out of the cage. Let out of the cage. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome because, you know what, we were so much better than them. You know what I mean? Like Canada is a country, skill, skill, skill. And now look at, I mean, look at what Canada could do now, Mark. You've got Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Nathan McKinnon, Jonathan Taze, Patrice Bergeron. Those are your center options. You know, like the amount of skill and the range of abilities and the depth in the kidney. We're, we're at a completely different place now 50 years later, 48 years later than we were back in 1972, aren't we? Oh, for sure. And, and the hockey's better, you know. Like, you watch that hockey, you know, back in the 70s. And we all grew up on the on the Flyers and the Broad Street Bullies. And it's a, you know what, it's a part of hockey history that's, that can't be erased. It existed. Uh, but it's a, it was a shameful time, to be honest. I mean, I'm looking back now. I was cheering about it then, too. You know, I was loving it when they ran those Russians out of the spectrum that day. And Bob said they're, Bob Cole said they're going home. But when you look at that game in Philly, which is probably a, maybe a, a test case or a microcosm of the two hockey cultures, I mean, the Russians showed up trying to play some, you know, uh, a brand of hockey that was creative and, and skilled and fast and tape-to-tape passes and, you know, the, the things that we consider beautiful about the game. And the Philadelphia Flyers just wanted to beat the crap right out of them and hit they them were, with their Mark, sticks. They weren't, even, they weren't even that tough. The Flyers Boy, were the... On, the, the Flyers were so they were the phoniest, Mark. They were, they were the tough, Bob. Mark, they were the phoniest tough team of all time. Moose yeah. DuPont used to sit there three feet away from every time. I mean, Gary Gary Howitt, who's a little guy, pumped Dave Schultz twice, and Moose DuPont sitting there less than two feet away from him. And when Clark Gillies would get the upper hand on Dave Schultz, in comes Andre Moose DuPont. The Montreal Canadiens spec. I, unfortunately, the tape does not exist. But there was a legendary game at the start of the 75-76 season. I got to get Larry Robinson on the show to talk about it. They had a home and home with the uh, with the Flyers, and in the game back in the Spectrum, the Montreal Canadiens organization dressed their 11 toughest guys, went into Philly the last preseason game, and beat the living snot out of the Flyers. Were the most overrated tough team of all. Now, did they intimidate? the Russians in uh, in the, uh, what are they, they called out the Super Series back in 75, 76? I think so, yeah. Absolutely they did in that game. You know what? And that game didn't come close to being as good as the game between the Montreal Canadiens and Central Red Army. But the Flyers totally intimidated them. But you know what? When 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 they, when they had teams push back and the Canadians pushed back, and again, it's you talk to people in hockey circles that were around, they're like, it. that was a turning point. The Flyers won the Cup in 74, 75. It was in the fall of 75. And the 11 tough, and you know how deep Sam Pollock had those Canadian teams and that organization at that time. And they went right into uh, Philadelphia in the spectrum, and they beat the snot out of them all game long. And 
I'm sorry. I'm not. A, you know what? I think the Flyers were the phoniest tough team of all time. I'm serious. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, they ran a lot of teams out of a lot of rinks over you know a period of time, and they do go down in history, Bob, as the roughest, fightingest, you know, rootinest, tootinest band of Canadian hockey players playing in Philly you've ever seen in your life. But anyhow, my point would be that 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 was a black eye looking back at hockey. And and here comes Russia into the spectrum to play what really was a friendly, what was you know an international exhibition game, and the only chance the Flyers had to beat them was to beat beat up on them. So, you know, back to our original conversation, hockey's a hockey's a better place for the arrival of of the Europeans. Look at the you know the Winnipeg Jets and how Glenn Sather originally patterned the Edmonton yep. Oilers after those like European Jets teams, and you know we're far better off. The game is far better, and now we're you know what, we're at the end of this thing, and who's got the best international hockey team in the world every four years when we go to the Olympics? Canada is favored every year. There's just no question about it. And that's because now we don't just beat people up, but we, we play, we took all the best elements from everyone else's game, and we got the best guys. And I don't care, you know, they're going to Beijing, let's hope. And I'm here to tell you, Canada will be the favorite in that tournament. Absolutely. Mark, when we come back, we're going to talk actually about one of the challenges that seems to happen with Canada, and that's the level of aggressiveness because of historical reputation versus reality. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. It's 1250. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shack. Everybody, it's 12:51 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, Mark Spector, spec for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Brendan, we're going to give you a little bit of assignment, or maybe somebody can just text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. We just heard from Oscar Clefbaum, who, of course, uh, I think it's fair to say Ken Holland, who turned 65 today, is basically planning not having Clefbaum this season. Uh, we've got the World Juniors coming here to Edmonton in the bubble. I can't remember the last time Sweden lost a game in a round robin. So, Speck, unless you know off the top of your head, maybe we'll get uh, one of the listeners to dig it up, or maybe Brendan can. Uh, it's been like eight or nine years since Sweden yeah. lost a game. It's uh, inside a decade. It's, uh, it's inside a decade, but it has been about seven or eight tournaments since they lost a regular season or a regular tournament game. And it has not equated, Bob, to world junior success, has it? No, it's it's funny. But, you know, one thing that I've noticed internationally at times, okay, I think Canada has placed a tremendous emphasis on skill. Sometimes, especially in the world juniors, I sense that Canada is afraid to pick up the physicality. I, and and part of it might be from past reputation and the 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 other thing is I don't think, with all due respect to some of the other countries out there, um, I don't think the same caliber of we we have pretty. Pretty good official. Go Can ahead, I jump, jump in, in here, Bob? It's uh, December 31st, New Year's Eve of 2006. Uh, but they've only won one gold medal in the span between those times. Well, that's like 13 years? Is that like over 50 games? Is that how many of it going back to 2006? So you're going 07 all the way up to 19. That's got to be 48 games. You play four games in a round robin, don't you? Wow. They have not lost since that. I, that is crazy. Anyways, Mark, do you, do you ever get that sense when you're watching international play? Is Does Canada at times pay for past reputation for having intimidating uh, physical teams? Well, you know what? One part of the, the lesson that Canadian teams had to learn way back here now, we're going into the you know early, early 80s, is how to play hockey 
play some version of Canadian hockey against the European uh, teams with European refereeing. I mean, I know we're going back a long ways, and I, I fully realize that today, you know, Sweden plays a lot. Sweden, the styles of Sweden, the Finland, the Czech or Russia, they're a lot closer to what Canada plays. It's not like the old days, Bob, right, where we played this physical game and no one else did, you know. But that was one of the huge um, hurdles that Hockey Canada had to figure out is European refereeing and how to be Canadian and not spend the whole night in the penalty box. So, sure, we park our physicality a little bit at the World Juniors. I think we always have. When we can find a way to play a game, you know, it's as physical as possible and stay inside the rules, I think you'll find that Canada wins that game almost every time. But you get the wrong referee and the wrong opponent, and Canada's physicality gets turned against them. Well, uh, the Americans in any given game can knock Canada off. I think we've got a healthy amount of respect for, you know, they can certainly put together. I mean, I I might argue that sometimes the players in the U.S. National Development Program are overrated. I mean, if you took the, the 10 best Canadian juniors and put them on the Edmonton Oil Kings every year, the Edmonton Oil Kings would be pretty good as well, and those players would all benefit. But the Americans have... Uh, you know, I, they're right. They're they're a one B to Canada's one A. I think Finland spec probably internationally plays the closest to the Canadian style. Like they've got some big bodies that can lean on you, some real skilled bigger players. Um, maybe not quite as good on the back end, and and frankly, in some cases, better in goal. So yeah, I think Finland's sure. like Finland to me kind of punches up their weight class a bit. Sweden's had all around Robin success, hasn't transitioned into World Junior gold medals. Actually, didn't Clefbaum win one? I think he did win in in Calgary in 2000. And what year was that? Uh, the year, uh, uh, yeah, that would have been the 11, 12 years. So pretty sure he was actually on that. Him and Larson might have been on that team. Anyhow. You know, it's 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 going to be interesting coming up here, Mark, to see how this thing all pans out in the bubble as well. Who played in the car? Was it the Russians were the only U-20 team in the Karhala Cup that they just had? Okay. Or, or were they all U- I don't think they were all U-20 teams, right? Well, I, I think Sweden sent a team, and, I mean, we know right now Broberg's going to be on the U-19 team, and he was not on that Swedish team. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty and, sure that only Russia sent their U-20 team to that cup, and, and the other European nations weren't loving that fact, frankly. And uh, Russia won it. You know, that, that Askarov uh, was fabulous in goal that Nashville drafted. Yep. And uh, Russians' U-20 team uh, looks like they're going to be a, you know, a force here in Edmonton. Uh, and, I, you know, this is, this is not unlike 2005, Bob, in North Dakota, right? Yes. Everybody got all their good players because there was no NHL. Now, let's wait and see, but I think there's going to be a lot more talent at this World Junior because of the late starting NHL season. Won't there? 95 in Red Deer, uh, arguably the greatest Canadian team of all time, 05 in North Dakota. We also had a lockout in 12-13. Nugent Hopkins was the top forward of uh, that tournament, but Canada came in fourth. Uh, remember, what's his face? Nachushkin, the guy that, was it Nachushkin that one of the analytics guys said was better than Leon Dreisaitl this year? 
Was that was I think it was Nachushkin. Okay. Uh, he scored on a net drive. He walked Ryan Murphy uh, for the game winner, and Russia got a bronze. And then Yakupov sitting there dancing around the ice. I'm just like, oh, oh, you know, <laughs> you don't do that when Nugent Hopkins is on the other team. Like you just kid, you know what I mean? Act like you've won before, but. Uh, anyhow, uh, so I, I'm going to be. I think it's going to be a real interesting tournament this year at Edmonton, Mark. Oh, absolutely right. It's, I mean, it's always a good tournament. Um, it's, there's going to be some imbalance here, right? Because I mean, the Canadians are having a longer camp than they've ever had ever because the Western League and the Ontario League are playing. Uh, I believe they start in well any day here in um, like next week early next week in Red Deer and then they're going to go for a month and then they're going to come right straight up into the bubble at Edmonton. Um, yeah. Whereas a lot of the European players you know, are playing right now and many of them in professional leagues, frankly. So you know, the European guys are going to have an advantage because they'll have played a lot more hockey, generally speaking. Um, but Canada has an advantage because they're Canada. We have way more good players to choose from. Uh, you know, the States gets their advantage because they put that team of, of players all on the same team and they play together all year. So, you know what? It's Maybe it's Europe's turn to have a ledge on this thing. We'll, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. But. Mark, stay with us. We're going to bang off a couple texts, and then we're going to shift focus to the Oilers and uh, a couple themes around the hockey team right now. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing, Alberta. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.